welcome to Down to Art. I'm your host, Christy Gordon, and today I'm joined by John Dalton, an artist and the podcaster who runs Gently Does It. So welcome, John. It's so good to have you. Hi, it's great to be here. Thank you for asking me to come on. You were totally the first person I thought of when I thought of running a podcast. Um, yeah, so just quickly, John is an amazing artist and he also is a writer. So he's written books similar to his paintings that kind of explore like, you know, the mystical and, you know, reality, lots of explorations that I'm really into. And he's been running the Gently Does It podcast, which is pretty much, I would say for sure, the most popular artist podcast out there. Every artist that I love has been on there. Um, how long have you been running that for? Uh, 2013. Whoa, amazing. Um, what, what gave you the idea to start it? I had just finished a book called May and Noise. And I, th this isn't the first podcast I had. I had a podcast in 2006, right when podcasting was starting. And that was to accompany a book I'd written at that time, which is called Why Do We Get Sick? Why Do We Get Better? Um, so well, I, the subtitle on that is a wellness detective manual. So, um, yeah, I had a podcast with that for a good while, I'd say a year or two, and then podcasting just sort of died and everybody just stopped doing it. Um, so I didn't think much more about it, but then 2013, I, uh, May and Noise, it was out and I thought, yeah, I'm a podcast just to expand on these different things that I covered in May and Noise. And so that's what I did for the first 12 episodes. I um, just kind of talked about the things that I'd covered in May and Noise. And I had, um, I videoed them as well. So they were like video, because YouTube wasn't really around in 2006, not in the way that it was in 2013. So yeah, I thought, oh yeah, that'd be good. Have a bit of, bit of video and whatever. And then I kind of got to the end of everything I wanted to say and didn't really, I just kind of left it there for about six months. And I was in the studio listening to podcasts and listening to interviews and going, that's nice, isn't it? Chatting to people. I think I'd like to do that. I think I'd like to um, take the, because the name of the website, you know, the name of my website is johndalton.me because dot com wasn't available and then the you know when you have a wordpress site they kind of go oh, put a subtitle in you know it sort of in encourages you to invent something you never even would have thought about you know so i was like subtitle okay so i had i put gently does it as the subtitle of the website and i thought oh yeah that's nice i like that's kind of a you know a few different and you can look at that from a few different angles and then, um, so when the podcast came out, it was, that's, it just naturally took the name of the website. Um, so that's, <laughs> it wasn't very planned out or anything. It just kind of, one thing flowed into the, into the other. So when I started the interviewing people bit, I thought, okay, well, what am I interested in and what, what do I want to talk about? So the things I'm interested in are health, you know, natural health. Um, spirituality, consciousness, reality, that whole side of things, and art. And so I started to get in touch with people in those three different areas. And uh, pretty, pretty much as soon as I started interviewing people, the 
uh, podcast kind of started to exhibit a life of its own. And what was happening was that the health and the spirituality people was nothing but difficult, you know, I'd have power cuts, I'd have technical problems, then I'd have appointment scheduling problems. I mean, if you go right back to the beginning, there are, um, I have interviews with people who are in different kind of fields to art, but the art people just, it was like they were, it was on wheels. It was so easy. Everybody that I got in touch with, it was fine. There was no technical problems and it just took off. It just took off in that art direction. And then, I mean, I was interested in figurative art myself, but I was open to talking to any kind of artist really, but same again, exhibited its life of its own. And it all just ended up being figurative artists. So uh, yeah, it just took off in that direction. And it's funny, now I have another podcast to do with my further emergence work. And that's kind of similar to the spirituality consciousness or the people I talk to on that, I haven't done a huge amount of interviews on that, but the main kind of my main kind of criteria for who I want to talk to is whether I find the person inspiring, you know? So it's funny. It's kind of come full circle. Sorry to interrupt. What's that podcast called Your other podcast? Further Emergence. Oh, Further Emergence. That sounds weird. Further Emergence. Yeah, Further Emergence with John Dalton. But if you stick in Further Emergence, you'll find it. You know? It's a combination of I do retreats uh, in that work because the Further Emergence work is all to do with consciousness and growth and spiritual growth, growth and consciousness, that kind of thing. And I do retreats and um, I record the audio from the retreats. So it's a kind of a mix of the audio from the retreats might be one episode from a particular retreat might be one episode. And then the, another one might be uh, an interview. Um, yeah. But it's fu- It's funny. Like the, without planning it, it's kind of come full circle in a way. <laughs> I beginnings. love that. I also like love that piece about how it just like what was in the flow was the art thing at first, like, and now it's come full circle, but following what's easy, what's just like, flowing that kind of reminds yeah. me of life to do that <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah and, and so you started it like many years ago is there and you you've talked to like pretty much all of my favorite artists and just so like all of the figure of artists basically this is kind of a huge question but is there say one big main tip that you can think of about um you know that you've kind of gleaned from all your conversations with artists about how they found their voice as an artist or something that helps them with their practice or are there overlaps now I'm starting to like layer the questions (laughs) 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 um well there's kind of standout things and they're they're, they stand out to me because they helped me like I kind of, like I'm a self-taught artist. I never went to art school, but I feel like doing this podcast has been similar in a way to the art school because I've learned a lot of a lot of things technically, um, just from talking to people, um, and I've learned a lot of things in in their approach. So um, I'm just gonna say things that pop into my head. I remember Vincent Desiderio telling me this tip one time on one of the times he was on and he was saying that he does this thing where he comes into the studio in the morning and the studio, he tries to have the studio dark 
like almost so there's no light in the studio. And then he'll almost turn his back and then turn around and see, look at the painting in the semi-dark. And in that then he, there's, he can see things in the painting that he wouldn't normally see if the painting was, you know, fully illuminated. I, I found that, that to be, and I did yeah, that. I, that one stuck with me too. It's like, it's a good tip, isn't it? Hand, like the arrangement of the light and dark. And he, I think he said like, and if you don't see that, you know, you failed. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that bit, but okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love My natural that. filtering of <laughs> must have kicked in but yeah i think it's to do with values really isn't it like yeah. the values you, you really just see values in that but that, i thought that was a great tip that's something that stayed in mind in my mind and um, the other thing that's uh stayed in my mind was something bo bartlett said which was he was talking about the capacity of paint to magically uh capture the emotion of the artist and it's similar to uh something i remember hearing gabriel Byrne, the irish actor gabriel Byrne, talking about acting and he was saying that the camera does something similar it, it the camera has this magical ability to capture what you're thinking about so his job as an actor was just to make sure he was thinking about the right things and he said i don't need to act i just need to think about the right things and the camera will capture it that was fascinating. So then when Bob Bartlett was saying that about paint is similar, very similar. And he was saying that when he teaches, when he's teaching, he will say to his students, so, okay, so you mix the paint, you load your brush up. And then as you're, before you are apply a brush that you pause and then you blow on your brush and what you're blowing onto your brush is the intention of the painting, you know, which I thought was very nice kind of almost shamanistic way of painting but that really stuck in my mind i'm very conscious of how i am on the inside when i'm painting now and i know it's because of that what he said whoa i love that i'm gonna totally start doing that and it's so true i've noticed that too like when i look at the paintings that that, that i've done over the years i feel like they totally capture the energy of like that time like sometimes i can look yeah. at suddenly be transported back to the actual like energetic feeling of that time you know yeah yeah well what's happened to me um i've gone from uh painting this this is kind of something that came out of talking to lots of different artists and i haven't heard anybody else mentioning this but i came to to realize that there were two kind of artists it's like artists who have a very clear inner vision and then their whole process of uh, creating is about getting that inner vision onto the canvas as close to what their inner vision is as possible and i i used to paint like that and you know my earlier kind of paintings were very much i'd have very clear mental image and then it would be all about well you know now i might gather references and you know put it together on photoshop or whatever uh, as you know, to to get it as clear as I could before I start painting, but either way, it was to try and get it out of my head and onto the the um, canvas. But then I started to realize. Uh, I think Martin Campos probably was the first painter. Martin Campos and then Mel McCudden, who I never interviewed, but I I saw him on uh, YouTube. He's a little YouTube video about his process, 
And what Mel does is he will, instead of putting down a single color ground, he will put a few different colors down and then he'll sort of mess them all up with a rag. So he has a kind of very fuzzy, almost kind of abstract painting. And then he will put that on, on the easel and he will sit and look at it. And he'll keep looking at it until something appears out of the, <laughs> yeah. the, the colors. Yep. And then that's what he'll paint. Oh. And so Martin Campos is very similar in his approach. Like I, I remember him talking about, you know, he's very intensely focused on his inner state and he'll line up four or five canvases around him in a circle. Um, <laughs> now, I'm not sure if he said this. I'd have to go back and listen to it. But this is what I took away from the conversation. And he will just stay very, very still on the inside, trying not to think of what he's going to paint or what's going to happen, just very still. And then he'll just kind of explode onto the five canvases all at the same time. And then he'll kind of out of that begin to see things and then sh shapes and forms will come from that. Um, similar with Ron Hicks, he's very similar kind of approach, doesn't know what he's going to do until he makes the first mark and mark, the first mark leads to the second mark and the, so on and so forth. And that, that became much more interesting to me, the process of exploration and the process of uh, also talking to Nicholas Uribe actually got, was part of what changed it for me. Um, I had a, Nicholas Uribe holds the record for being the longest podcast. His episode is six hours long. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh man, I love his work. I actually haven't heard that one. I'm going to listen to that. For six hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll listen so to it funny. <laughs> yeah. Like the only reason I, you know, we finished was because my feet were killing me because at that time <laughs> I, I would always stand up when I was recording. Uh, so six hours standing up straight. I mean, we did have a break in the middle, very short break, but um, he was talking. Well, you know, he talked for six hours, so he talked a lot, but there was, he was kind of talking about the process of painting and focusing on the process of painting more than the end result. He was kind of like, I don't care. The, I don't care what it turns out like. I am just, I love the process of painting and I learn things about myself in the process of painting. So that kind of went in, into me as well. And him, he was sort of saying, I, I am exploring why I want to paint this thing. What is it about this, this person or whatever it is that I'm painting? What is it that sparks something in me that wants to paint it? Yeah. So, yeah, sort of where I am now is I, I start off with reference photos, usually from nature. It doesn't have to be of just something that, you know, moved me to take a picture of it, uh, which I'm sure everyone can relate to. You sort of see something. It's not a person. It's not it's just something grabs your eye and you just go, oh, I just want to take a picture of that. I started with that. I'll use that as my reference, but I'm not trying to replicate it. I'm just trying, I'm using it to kind of trigger something inside me of like, what is it? What, what was it about that that made me want to paint it? And then I, I just go into this exploration thing and yeah, it's wild. I'll stand back and go, oh my God, why did I paint that? Like, <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's very dynamic and very, you know, alive. Yeah. Um, 
and then so much pressure on on artists to kind of know what we're painting be able to talk about our work that like um I feel like sometimes that kind of compels me to have the question like why am I painting this like in the back of my mind that that you're talking about because I don't always know or or like what is this painting about (laughs) um but but I can sort of yeah I find that as I'm like working on it um also it's sort of like similar to what you're talking about it kind of reveals itself to me like somehow it's related to my life in some way (laughs) yeah yeah Um, yeah 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 it's got to the stage now with me where when I get to the end I I won't even know that it's over and then suddenly the painting kind of goes that's it it's finished (laughs) oh oh and and here's the name oh Oh, okay uh, titles (laughs) yeah titles titles of podcasts and titles of paintings um I liked what you said before about the title of your podcast and how it came. It was really hard for me to choose my down to art title. Actually, a friend came up with it for me and she's very smart. But I like that multiple meaning kind of like um, level mm. of titles, um, how it yeah, might have like different connotations or whatever. Um, but, I, but I guess first I was thinking, I, I find it so useful um, to be like making this podcast. Like it's so interesting to have conversations with other artists and just... Uh, I think it's, I think it's like really going to be like a really worthwhile endeavor or whatever. What benefits have you found? I think a lot of artists are starting podcasts and a lot of artists are like finding that it's useful. A lot of artists probably also think it's like way too much work, which maybe, maybe it might be for some. Um, But what, what benefits do you think there are in having a podcast for an artist that might be thinking of starting one? Um. I don't know. <laughs> because, um, well, I wouldn't recommend it if you want. If you recommend it. <laughs> because it is a lot of work. And um, it, for a long time, I thought it was um, holding me back as an artist because I had to give so much time to it. Mm. Because... Um, there was a, you know, there's a big kind of community around it. There's people depending on it, particularly during the, uh, all the lockdowns. And um, while I was learning a lot, um, I wasn't like every hour I spend doing a podcast is an hour I'm not in front of the easel. Yeah. So I think you'd need to go into it with your eyes open about that. There are benefits, of course. Um, but then what really helped me was talking to Anne McGill, who's a great artist in uh, the UK. And um, it was, wasn't on the podcast. This was afterwards. Cause I, I keep in touch with everybody and I have cups of tea with them and, and not all the time. It's not like, you know, 24, seven cups of tea, but I do keep into it anyway. And one of these little chats with them, uh, Anne was, I was kind of talking about this and she said, but the podcast is your art. And I was like, what? <laughs> I thought the podcast was getting in the way of my art. Mm. And she said, no. She said, I don't think so at all. I think you have to sort of take yourself. She didn't say this, but I'm paraphrasing what she said. You kind of have to take yourself where you are. And like when I spoke to her, you know, I probably had a 150 or 160 episodes behind me. And she was, she was kind of going, that's your that's your art. You know, you are a communicator. You're someone who brings people together. You've got all the, you know, 
I think because she had a broader vision of art than just painting, um, she could see that and I couldn't see that. So since since seeing that, I've been a lot more at peace with, with that question. So if you're on fire for painting and you want to be a painter and you want to paint paintings, yeah, don't start a podcast. <laughs> Find another way. <laughs> Find another way of... Um, of, of um, connecting with people because the benefits are um, if your podcast does well, you can get access to other artists and you can pick their brains and you can, um, you learn for sure. Yeah. And you learn a lot, but there's other ways to do that. Uh, so I, <laughs> uh, it's great. It's great for community and you do have, you know, you do make nice connections, but I think as an, like a, a painter, a figurative painter, it hasn't helped me, uh, you know, with my, with that as a career, you know? Right. So I think, I think if you're going to do a podcast, you want to know that because as you say, a lot of people, there's a lot of podcasts now, like there's so many more podcasts now than there was in 2013 for sure. So I am in the happy position where, as you say, it's well known, people know it. So it's, it's, uh, but even at that, I haven't checked my rankings or I don't know where I am in the rankings or anything like that. I got, I kind of stopped doing all that because it was just soul destroying <laughs> because it's, I never, you know, there are other podcasts that have been around for longer and they're generally always ahead of me. Um, but I also know that my, I have a very good idea of who listens to the podcast. So mm -hmm. I kind of know I've reached the people that I want to reach. And, yeah. you know, if I, if I had a, a you know, a, a podcast about the art world in a broader sense and included everything else, I probably I might have more listeners, but I'm not that interested in more listeners because I'm just kind of, I like the, the area that I'm in, you know? Yeah. And I think you really like, um, I don't know. I, I think you were like at the top in, in the area that you're in. Um, and so on a technical level, even though you might not just suggest that artists considering starting podcasts start one. <laughs> um, on a technical level, though, I'd love to like pick your brain about how to do it for those of us who are starting. I was just talking to Teresa Oaxaca the other day. I was on her podcast and she's I should think she started hers maybe about a year ago. And she was talking about how like she had this idea to make an episode where like a bunch of artists get drunk and look at her own Bosch and talk about him or something. And I think she maybe chatted with you about it and you were like, you know, that's probably like more fun to record than it is to listen to. And I, I totally agree. I, I find there's a lot of podcasts out there where people are like talking over each other. And it like, for me, it's like irritating to listen to. I actually can't like do it. And in editing these first few episodes that I've got going, I noticed that I have this tendency that I wasn't aware of to like respond in the middle of conversation. Like someone will be talking, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, or whatever. But then it's like, now all of a sudden I'm talking over the other person. And she kind of mentioned that you had sort of suggested uh, even a little pause between speaking, you know, the person ends what they're saying and there's a little pause. It sounds better on podcasts. Maybe it's less natural in real life. So these are the types of things. <laughs> um, and, and then I want to get into like mics and other technical like aspects, but do you have any other sort of suggestions about, 
you know, interviewing people, having conversations that sound good on podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, just to go back to the, um, before I finish, you know, depressing everybody who's aspiring to have a podcast, <laughs> I think, I think if it's in your head to have a podcast, then um, I would include that in your, you know, I wouldn't kind of go, oh no, I want to be a serious painter. I'm not having a podcast. Um, I think if it's because not everybody wants to have a podcast, you know. No. Um, so I think if if it if it occurs to you to have one, then maybe sort of have a think about that and sort of expand your um, idea of yourself as an artist to include communication, community building, everything else. Because even if you're very dedicated. Uh, figurative kind of painter if that's if that's where your focus is there's so many other things that we have to do anyway you know like social media and promotion and that was the whole nft thing if you got into that and there'll be the new thing and there'll be new social media so like you you could kind of go yeah and no, i still would like to have a podcast i'd like to have i'd like to can you know hear hear what i have to say hear what another person has to say you know i, I I think rather than kind of, <laughs> I'm not like, I don't want to put everybody off or anything, <laughs> but I think go into it with your eyes open and, and maybe it would be the beginning of re or expanding your uh, perspective as a, as a, an artist of That's who you are really as an good artist. Point. And I feel like we can also, like, we don't have to have like the most amazing podcasts like you. I can, I, I might just put out an episode once a month sometimes. I think it's also okay if we just do like a lower level. <laughs> but actually, I want to pick your brain about that too, about frequency and how much it makes a difference. Like, but I, I'm layering the questions. I have, there's another thing that I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> um, uh, what was the first one that I asked you a minute ago? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was about, um, just tips for to, for talking to people. Right. I think the most helpful thing I had at the beginning for me was that it was very clear. Well, okay, I have years of being a therapist, so I have years of listening to people. So I, I, I I'm just saying that because there are things that I do automatically that other people don't do, and uh, I, you know, it's it's kind of hard for me to be objective about why I do things the way I do, but I, I think it's very much informed by um, mm. listening to people who are in pain, talking about what they need to talk about. Mm. So I just, I think my listening skills are high, like above average, understandably, yeah. because I've been, I've been doing it for years, you know, and I still do it. So, but I think a good place to start when interviewing someone is, as all, I was always very clear that people were not tuning into the podcast to listen, to hear me, right? Now, maybe they do now because they know me, but certainly at the beginning, I was really clear that um, people are, are listening to this podcast because they've, they like the artists I'm talking to and they want to hear them. So I was very much, you know, because in a normal conversation, I say one thing, you go, oh, no, I do it this way. And then you come back and you say you're a bit. And then I say, in a podcast, it's different. Um, for me, anyway, it's like, no, it's all about you. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not going to jump in there with my opinion too much, a little bit. I I will. But mostly, I, I'm very conscious of the um, 
the third person in the conversation, who's the listener. Mm. And, you know, they really want to hear the artist. So I'm going to give the artist as, you know, much space as they need to um, say whatever they need. And I'm going to frame my questions so that they get the best opportunity to say everything that they need to say. In terms of talking over people, uh, from right from the beginning, I always made sure I recorded on two channels so that the, I had separate audio. And once you have separate audio, you can sort it all out because in, it's normal in a conversation and natural in a conversation for people to talk over each other. Um, but listening back to it, it just can sound a bit crashing and one thing crashes into another. So I will, I will give a bit of air between things, you know, I'll separate things out so that if somebody makes a joke, um, that they that the person listening can hear the joke fully before the the laughter or before the comeback or whatever it is. Whereas in actuality, we were talking over each other, and I was saying this fantastic joke, and the other person probably didn't even hear it. <laughs> yep. Or they were. Or whatever, how do you, you know? do the different audio recordings? Like, how do you get two audio? Okay, so now I do everything through Zoom, and I use GarageBand to edit. Um, but I think you can, anything I'm going to say, you can do it on uh, whatever the uh, PC equivalent of it, which is, would be like, what's the one that's really popular on the PCs? Audition or something. I can't remember the name of it. But there's very similar software. So, uh, so Zoom will record. Uh, you can tell Zoom to give you separate audio. So it, it will I didn't know that. generally. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gives you three things. It gives you um, now. I think I pay for my my Zoom because my conversations are long, and you know, but I don't think it's a huge amount. I think it's like maybe twenty euro a month or something like that. So what it'll do when it's finished, it will download the um, the whole thing onto my computer. And what it gives me is the video, and then it gives me a mixed audio, and then it'll also, it creates another little folder, and it gives everybody's audio separately. Well, <laughs> that's huge. Um, but <laughs> Zoom is kind of rubbish um, for uh, audio. It's not great. Uh, it kind of compresses it, makes it a bit weird. So, and particularly because I have a, you know, a nice, a nice enough microphone. It's not, you know, high end or anything. It's a Samsung M S A M S O N. I think it cost me a hundred dollars a couple of years ago, good few years ago, and and it's fine. Um, but and it sounds way better than the when what Zoom gives me back of like my singular audio channel sounds terrible in comparison to this. So I record my uh, audio directly into GarageBand. So when I finish recording with somebody, I have one channel that's very nice of me. And then I can go to that folder. I can get the person I was talking to and I just drag that into GarageBand and then I have their audio. And, you know, you have to fiddle around with a little bit to get the sync right. So that, you know, when, so that we're, you know, it is the same, it's the right conversation. And then once that happens, then I can, you know, I can add gaps. I can pull things apart if I need to. 
That's cool. Does it can Zoom do two separate videos too? Do you know? Or how do you deal with now that like you're no. it on YouTube and stuff? If you kind of shift things around, you've got the video that becomes like problematic. I don't put it on YouTube much. Okay, so it's all audio. I did I did a bit and I plan to do more. But uh, I found the work involved in YouTube was very uh, disproportionate to the amount of people who actually watched it. Okay. <laughs> so I, I kind of, yeah, I, like having a good sense of who my, who is listening to the to podcast is, I think that's really important as well. And, and to find some way of engaging with them. And one of the ways is, you know, looking at the number of people who were looking, who were using the who using YouTube to listen to the podcast because initially the podcasts that I put up on YouTube, there were, it was just like a still and then the audio. That's what I was um, yeah. Uh, but not, not that many people were listening to it and the amount of hassle to, to do it. I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to have to rethink that. <laughs> I'm hoping um, the YouTube channel takes off, but so far like 30 people listen to each like video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what I, um, what I'm going to do is because since the, since I switched over to zoom, cause I used to do everything on Skype, which, which there was no video. Uh, now I have probably for the last two years, I have a huge archive of video, <laughs> True. but I think putting up a three hour conversation on YouTube is not a great idea. Um, so I think what I will do is put up little short, like 10 minutes uh, extracts uh, from the conversation with the, with the um, video of the two of us. And then maybe, you know, if the person is talking about a particular painting, drop some stills in. So I'll make a nice little 10 minute thing. And then if people want to hear more of that, then they can go and listen to the podcast, the full audio version of it. I think, I think that would be a better use of YouTube That's because smart. YouTube kind of runs on short, you know, 10, 10, 15 minutes, anything longer than that. And I don't think it really works that well on, on YouTube, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I like that visual component of like popping some, it's not hard to do a couple photos of their paintings in and that makes it really interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. I like, I like the, I mean, it's starting to touch on like how you promote your podcast, which I don't think you even need to do at this point. I think it's just like taken off, but for anyone starting a podcast, do you have any other ideas? I mean, I already think that one is actually a good way. Not that I have anyone watching my YouTube, but if I did, it could be a good way to like have people find my podcast or whatever. <laughs> Well, if you do a short little thing on YouTube, that's very shareable, you know, say on Facebook. Um, so it, you can kind of, uh, and, and you could probably put it on um, Instagram as well. If it's only 10 minutes long, you could put the whole thing on Instagram. Yeah. And so you can, you can really get a bit more out of it, you know, but like anything else, it's more work, you know, and you have to be, sure that it's gonna do what you want it to do yeah. because it's nice to drop video to drop um you know stills in and make the video lovely but if it takes you half a day to do that which it could very easily then that's an you know another half day that you are not doing other things so you have to yeah, <laughs> think about it I know. yeah i know that's tricky 
I don't know. Do you do, did you ever do like email, like things to an email? I have like a pretty big email art update list. I might share. Yes. Yeah. I have a, I think I have about 750 people on my email list and I haven't sent out a newsletter since before the lockdowns. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I finally did, um, but it had been a long time. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, you know, like to, for me, cause I'm a writer, you know, I mean, the last person you want to ask to write something is a writer because, you know, <laughs> I heard somebody like a definition of a writer, a writer is somebody for whom writing is very difficult. <laughs> and so I think true. that's true. You know? <laughs> like I, have a, I have a friend who's a script writer and he was like, I can't stand when my wife gives me the card, the birthday card and go here, write something funny. You know, like he's a comedy writer. It's like, <laughs> it's not easy (laughs) but um yeah like there's a real um like the all the lockdowns changed my podcast like significantly before the uh, lockdowns I was I'd say every three weeks maybe a month I would put an episode out and I would my general workflow was I would spend a period of time researching the person I was going to talk to, the artist I was going to talk to. Now that could be anything from a day to, I think the longest was five days uh, with Vincent Desiderio because he's so much stuff and he's, there's so much, you know, he's so much, he's he has written and has been written about him and he's been interviewed so many times because one of the things I aim towards is I wanted to be interesting for the person I'm talking to. So I, I try not to ask them questions they've been asked before. Mm. So part of the research was to, you know, see what's already been covered and not kind of just, you know, ask them the very obvious kind of questions. And then I'd soak up all that information and I would come up with questions for them that um, elicited what they call discovery. Now, I didn't even know what that was until somebody said, oh, I love your podcast. There's such great discovery in it. And I was like, what's that? And they were saying that it's when the person goes, hmm, I've never thought about that before. And then they answer, you know, um, that this, that that's apparently that's broadcasting gold. <laughs> when, the, when you ask somebody a question and then they, they're so intrigued by it that they discover something new about themselves. So, my research process all led to those kind of questions, not on purpose. They were just like, I was curious. I was like, I have never, and have never heard anybody ask her about this. So I want to, I'm curious about that. Why, 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 you know, how did this affect them or whatever? And so, yeah, so, you know, anything from one to five days researching, then, you know, half a day to record. And then I would edit the the whole conversation and I would take out every um and ah and any other irritating thing that I found. And my general kind of where I was coming from with that was I wanted to make everybody sound great, me and the person I was talking to. And, you know, generally the person I was talking to more than me, but uh, generally. So I was always very conscious of the first 10, 15 minutes that had to be that had to be so listenable to, you know, it just had to kind of flow through out of the earphones. So no ums as I just, any vocal ticks that the person had, 
I would just make them disappear. So editing could take me two days, <laughs> two full days. So that's like a week when you add it all up just for one episode. Yeah. So then the, then the, the lockdowns come along and people are getting in touch going, can we have more episodes, please? Uh-huh. We're going insane. Um, so I kind of at, had a good relationship with people who listen to the podcast. So I was able to say to them, well, look, I can do more episodes, but things, things will have to change. <laughs> um, so I said, no, you know, here, here are the things that take my time. So uh, editing and research. So if you are okay with ums and ahs and all that stuff, uh, then that's going to save me time. And then if you send me in the questions you want to hear the answers to, then I don't have to do any research. So then that's when I did the the first, uh, I kind of, I was so nervous about it because I was sure everyone was going to be driven mad by the ums and ahs and all this kind of thing. I was like, oh, this, this one, this is not going to last. They're going to go, no, let's go back to the editing. I can't stand that, you know, person's vocal tics or whatever, you know? But um, no, it was the opposite. Everyone was like, I loved it. We love it. We love the rawness. We love the, um, it's like, that's how the person really talks. That's, we really like that. Um, so yeah, I, I, in my nervousness before it started, I was like, I, okay, I'm going to call this, the, this, you know, the person's name, you know, so say like it's Christy Gordon, uncut, just so everyone's really clear. There's no yeah. editing here. And uh, yeah, that that those two things changed it a lot because the fact that people uh, were able to send in their own questions that made a big difference to the um, person who sent in the question. You know, they could hear their name being read out. It's like a kid; your name is read out in the radio. Yeah. So it, I think it makes a big difference to them. Yeah. And then also. It, you know, I don't have to do a huge, I, I mean, I always do a little bit of research and I kind of think it's courtesy to just have a little bit of knowledge about the person, but I can generally do it all in a day now. So my workflow now is I will get the person to advertise that they're coming on the podcast. I'll send them, a, I'll get them to send me an image and then I'll, I'll sort of change it around, you know, put my stuff on it and send it back to them. They post that on their social media, whether, you know, Instagram and Facebook, usually I'll do the same. Um, or what I've taken to do, doing now is I'll post, I make a lot of posts in the run up to talking to the person. I generally record on Wednesdays. So on Monday night, Monday and Tuesday, I will put up maybe five or six paintings on, on one day and then another five or six the next day saying this person's going to be on the podcast. Cause I, what I discovered with Instagram was if I put it up, I used to do this. I put up, you know, 10 images on that where you could slide across, but that's like one shot at, at a person's feed. Whereas if I put up six separate posts or 12 separate posts, that's 12 shots at the person's feed. So maybe they'll see one of them and go, Oh, that artist is going to be on brilliant. I have a question. Um, so, and then they do that as well, you know, and I've had, like, I remember with Colleen Barry, she got something like 300 questions came in. 
Wow. Which that's a, that's a lot of work from me, yeah, <laughs> a lot of cutting and pasting, um, and and grouping and you know so that it, there's still work involved in it. But I can generally you know I'll do the those posts on a Monday and a Tuesday, then on Wednesday morning I'll just start collating everything, um, and grouping the questions together and getting a sort of a a, a, a logical progression to the conversation because it generally starts off with with um you know influences then into a lot of technical stuff and we get through the technical stuff and then we're into the more philosophical approach and what's going on and any kind of other random kind of questions and then we kind of finish with business and, and a few other things like that so it has a kind of a natural flow so i'm sort of slotting questions into those different areas to depend it's different from every artist but generally speaking so that by the time four or five o'clock in the afternoon comes along, I'm ready with everybody's questions and off we go. And um, I've found that that, uh, like by inviting people, and like I don't use it as a criteria, but if I happen to invite an artist at, on and they have a big following, Generally, I'll get a. It actually doesn't happen that much anymore because of the changes in the algorithm. But generally, I'll get a little bit of a boost. I used to get a little bit of a boost on Instagram uh, because their followers would kind of discover more about my um, podcast. So that's one way of promoting it. That was a very long-winded way of getting around to that answer, but that's one way of promoting it by when you invite an artist on, all their followers and fans will discover your podcast and that in a way kind of grows it. Um, I found the um, getting people to send in questions indirectly helped my patron uh, Patreon uh, as well. I didn't unintentionally, but it did because if somebody um, asks, asks a question, sends in a question from Patreon, like I generally give all my, the people on Patreon, they have, like priority <laughs> over everything because yeah, they're yeah. Sure. they're the ones who have put their money where their mouth is and they really like the podcast <laughs> they like really? it so much yeah. they're buying me cups of tea uh which is my kind of way of saying that they they're my patrons so when somebody sends in a question from that from patreon i'll i'll say you know here's a question from bill on patreon thanks for the tea bill you know and it's genuine i am thanking them but I found that what that has the effect of is kind of continually reminding people who are listening, hey, you know, this is a podcast. It doesn't just, you know, <laughs> run on air. Um, I've tried, um, you know, telling all the people that I, you know, have expenses with, hey, I'm doing a podcast, so you should give me my rent free. And they're not interested. They want the money. So, you know. <laughs> that, that's a nice, so, like, gentle way of doing it. Gently does it. Gentle way of doing yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And again, it wasn't like, uh, I mean, initially when I went on Patreon, when it started, I did all the things that you're supposed to do. And none of them worked for me. Mm. Um, and I, I, you know, if you listen to, I don't think I ever took them off. It, you know, like I was kind of, I think I was trying to guilt people into it. I was kind of going, look, this is a free, you know, thing. Help out. If you like the podcast, why don't you, you know, right. get on Patreon, you know, that yeah, was the yeah. tone. Yeah. Didn't work at all. And in fact, people, one, I remember one comment saying, oh, why are you always scrounging for money? It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a free podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas now I am much more relaxed about that. Um, mainly it was not that I wasn't relaxed. I just didn't know how to what you're supposed to do, you know. Whereas um, 
I copied it from other podcasts, actually. And somebody was talking about, and they were talking about the price of a pint. Uh, so I don't drink, but I do drink tea. And uh, so I thought, yeah, what's well, the price of a cup of tea? So yeah, if you would like to send me the price of a cup of tea, that would be brilliant. It would mean a lot to me and it helps. And you help the people who can't afford to do that. Um, I borrowed all that from somebody else, another podcast I was listening to. And uh, that seems to work better. So I'd, now I, I have a little reminder in the middle of every episode. And then I have a just before you go kind of thing at the end, a little reminder, because I say it in that just before you go thing, but it's true. Like most people who become patrons, they generally go, um, I'm you know, sorry it's taken me this long to get around to being your patron. It's not that I don't think your podcast is great or I don't have the money. I just didn't get around to it. So it's more just to remind them, you know, oh, yeah, if you want to, that would be very good. It helps. It all helps, you know. Yeah, I think that is important. And then like a, attracting them with honey, it's like a subtle way and it's kind of cool. I don't know. <laughs> I, li- I like that. Well, this has been so interesting, John. Maybe the last question I have is just another technical one. What, um, what app do you use? Like I use Anchor, which kind of puts the podcast on all the different podcast platforms. Which one do you use? I use castos.com, C-A-S-T-O-S.com. Mm. And uh, that, I think that that's the, it's a plugin for WordPress. So they, they host the podcast for me. They don't promote it. I think I put it up on iTunes, you know, ages ago. That was the only place I put it. And then I put it on Spotify when Spotify started to come up. There are a million other, you know, pod this, podomatic, pod bean, you name it, pod with everything. I didn't do any of those because I found that um, if I covered those two biggish ones and if the podcast gets reasonably, you know, well followed, it's going to end up, it's going to propagate onto all those other ones anyway, you know? So, yeah, I don't, I didn't, it's because again, it's all time because to, to register each one, um, no, it just took too long. And because it works on the RSS feed anyway, they are all trying to make their catalogs look like they're full of podcasts anyway. So they just pull the, pull the RSS feeds in anyway. And so it's more a matter of claiming your podcast, excuse me, claiming your podcast now mm. for me anyway, because I'm sure I'm on, I'm on loads of things and it's like, you know, are you the owner of this podcast? I think I had to do that on Spotify eventually oh. got around to it. But yeah, that's interesting. I mean, your podcast is really easy to find. Yeah. I think it's on all of them. So that I didn't know that they would sort of find you otherwise, but oh, well, this has been so interesting. I'll have to actually get you back to talk about Patreon one day, which is a whole nother topic. <laughs> but yeah, every time I, I talk to you, I learn so much and it's also just really interesting. And um, yeah, I'm so grateful for all the episodes you have out. So yeah, thank you so much for joining us, John. And I uh, can't wait to talk to you again sometime. Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. My pleasure. Thanks very much and well done. And well, for yours, I mean, I know better than most. It's not easy to do a podcast, so well done. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> noticing that I started one. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, great. <laughs> well, talk to you soon, John. Bye. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs>